testing that he could. I just cared about being awesome and super great and doing all the things so that he'd be pleased with me. And it even got to the point of being deceptive about how I was really doing so that the disciples and mentors in my life didn't know how I was sinning for weeks at a time. As long as I looked good, I was good. But, as anyone can probably guess, that is not enough for Jesus. He came to save, not to put makeup over the wound. And so I've been trying to figure out how to let God in and heal that part of me that was hurt years ago and how to respond to that healing with a commitment to not go back and continue to cope in sinful ways, sort of like taking the medicine while simultaneously not running to the things that made me sick in the first place, letting God take the place of that part of me that I've been soothing through sins like overeating or searching for attention online. And I'll be honest, it's been really scary. I'm still sort of figuring out how God can do that for me, especially because it means I have to show God how hopeless and helpless I feel on my own while trusting that he won't leave me there. And I've grown bitter. Similar to Peter in this passage, I often look around and think, well, why does that sister get her perfect romance? Or, geez, why, why do we talk about pride so casually while my thorn is apparently the worst of the worst? And that's a little controversial, but... Yeah. Or... God, all those years ago, why did it have to be me? I was a good kid. But then, I think of this scripture. And I'm sure that Peter did not want to be crucified upside down. And Jesus even says so in verse 18 when he says, Peter will be carried to a place that he did not wish to go. But his response is, you follow me. You might have other disciples around you who are dealing with their junk way better than you are. You might be frustrated that others don't seem to be hearing you or understanding you, but Jesus still says, you follow me, walking the path of life that I've walked. I want to lift up some women, Sharissa, Mary O., I've only been here a couple months, and their life stories reminded me of this passage, too. They're committed to following Jesus' invitation. Even throughout hardship, they aren't bitter or looking around to make excuses. They're following Jesus. And even if I do take up too much space, they have the room for me because they've been so steadfast. God's love radiates from them, and their journeys difficult as they have been, have brought them to this point where they have had the time and the energy and the capacity to pour into this random girl from a town that has a pretzel as its mascot. (laughs) And I'm really grateful for that, and I'm grateful for them, and for the fact that I've been able to stumble upon their path of life. So anyways, for me to accept the invitation Again, like Peter, recently it's meant only seeing Jesus as my standard and letting him lead me down a path of life meant for me. No excuses, no peeking over at what other people have, no pointing fingers, but trusting that the story God has for me is good. Thanks, guys.
Hi, everyone. Uh, well, I'm here to talk about what the invitation means to me. And well, I haven't really been here the last two services, I think, so a little behind, I guess, but I'll do what I can. Uh, I mean, so when I first started to think what the invitation meant to me, I mean, I started to think what it meant for, I mean, me personally, you know, how my story was affected by being invited to the kingdom of God and how it's changed my life and in many ways for the better, certainly. And uh, I mean, I'll start by saying that I think about two and a half years ago is when I received my sort of invitation. And I mean, it feels like it's been like even longer than that. But uh, I mean, it feels like a home now, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I mean, that's kind of one of the bigger things that I want to talk about when it comes to the invitation. I mean, if there's nothing to be invited to, then what does it matter if you invite people? If there's not a home, a family, that, I mean, that, that's what we're here for until we can, you know, truly be with God in his presence. And the passage that I have that kind of, I think, the purpose of our, of our family, of what we have, the church, is to be there for each other and to put our worries on each other, to carry each other's burdens. And the passage that I have is in Matthew 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are not ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto your height? And why take ye thought for a raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I think that's one of the more important things of the invitation is, I mean, uh, we all have our own struggles and troubles in this world and our life. We all have questions and problems that we want answers to. And I think that's what the invitation is for all of us, is an answer. The, it's showing us that God is, I mean, he's the answer, the true answer Jesus is. I mean, there's nowhere else that we can find true peace, true happiness, as we can with God and the, his kingdom. I think this passage really highlights that I mean, we have nothing to worry about if we put our trust in God and that we love him with all our hearts and strength and souls. I believe that's most of what I have to say. everyone. Oh, sorry guys. Um, 
and the two before me were kind of a tough act to follow. <laughs> so, okay, so my name is Chrissy McDaniel. Um, I did not grow up in the ICOC, but I came here about a year and a half ago um, from Butler, Missouri, um, to live with Chris and Tina Cadwalder, and um, it's been an amazing journey so far. I've learned and grown a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I should also mention, I was not supposed to speak this morning. Um, Emily was going to speak, but she's unfortunately not feeling well. So I'm taking her place. <laughs> um, and as we were kind of talking about um, what we were going to be speaking on and saying and telling our stories, one of the things that Emily was going to say was that the invitation is always open. And that fit so perfectly with my story and my kind of conversion story, becoming a Christian. And so I am going to kind of use her theme. So thank you, Emily. Um, this is, I, I feel like it was the kind of the spirit because it did fit so perfectly with my story. Um, and the spirit is also moving because, Caitlin, <laughs> I relate so much with your story as well. So um, the beginning of my story, um, as far as becoming a Christian, um, was when I was very young. Um, I was 11 years old when I was baptized, which is very young. Um, but I believed at the time that it was, I knew all the right things, you know, the reasons um, and why I was doing it. And um, I, you know, lived my life as a Christian. And I was, I was definitely, I was a Christian throughout my teen years and, and now. And um, I, I knew all the right things. My grandfather was a preacher where I grew up. And so I knew the right things to say for sure, and I knew how to kind of keep things under wraps, <laughs> keep things pretty hidden. If I didn't want people to know, they didn't have to know. Um, and that was um, a lot of my time. And I wasn't, I wasn't a fake Christian all the time, you know. I really wanted to serve God, and I really wanted to be a good Christian, you know. <laughs> but I definitely did not understand um, how completely he could change my life and how completely I should give myself to him and how much he could heal me. And um, I, was, I was crying during Caitlin's sharing, um, like really, because I relate a lot with her story. I've struggled with a lot of the same things. Um, and so it's just been a recurring theme, things that I couldn't shake for the longest time and just sit in my life that I was like, you know, why can't I get rid of this? Why can't I root it out? And... Um, I thought a lot about my baptism, and I thought, um, you know, I, I always said, you know, oh, I knew what I was doing, right? Like, I, I got it. I knew what I was doing. Um, but then I actually, I took, <laughs> I took a step <laughs> that I, I wasn't expecting, but I, I asked myself, did you? Like, did you? Really? Did you know what you were doing? You know, and, and really, like, thought on it, and, and, and didn't just dismiss it. And so I started thinking, and I, I thought about it, you know, did I know what surrendering meant? Did I know what sacrifice meant? And I didn't, really, at the time. And, yeah, I, I knew the right words to say. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to live for Christ. But did I? And I had been, a few m months ago, I had read this verse, and I'm going to find it really quickly. And it's in um, Matthew 16. 
And I had been reading this verse and kind of came across it haphazardly, but I mean, it was, it was the Lord. <laughs> but um, it was um, Matthew 16, 24, and it said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And I just was thinking about that verse and, you know, asking myself what it meant to be a Christian. And I was nervous to share this story because I I never want people to think that my whole life has been a lie, I guess, (laughs) because it hasn't. I've wanted to be a Christian. I've I've always wanted that truly, um, and I have tried very hard at a lot of points in my life but never fully committed, um, never fully committed um, all the way through. And so um, this year at camp, um, I had been talking to people. I had been getting advice. I had been, you know, just sharing my heart. The sermons at at camp were so convicting, um, just insane. I've never been so convicted in my entire life. And I've heard some good sermons before, but... (laughs) but, um, Anyway, it was a really big, huge step, but I was actually baptized at camp this year. <laughs> um, and and I told someone before it happened, I said, you know, because everyone, I was the good Christian girl, <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, who's getting baptized? What is going on? And I'm like, you know, I told someone that, yes, my life had not been a lie. I was, I was you know, trying to be a Christian those years. But I never fully understood sacrifice. I never, I never sacrificed things. I mean, like I said, I had had these sins in my life for a very long time. And I'm not saying that it goes away. It doesn't. It's still hard, for sure. It's, it's a daily struggle. But, but I felt like I finally understood. I understood why it was a struggle. I understood that I wanted with all of my heart to get rid of that. And I actually had a power to draw on because I just tried all those years to get rid of it myself. And that does not work. Um, And so back to the original thing that Emily was going to share about today, Um, just the invitation is always open. I really felt like that was me this year. I felt like all those years before, I felt like I couldn't share this with anyone. I couldn't say that I was struggling. Uh, the thought of getting baptized, it just, I had thought about it, but it was like, no, you're fine. You're totally fine. You did it for the right reasons. What would people think if you did, you know, getting up here today? What will people think when I tell them this? And, and Tina said something this morning. She's like, they love you. (laughs) They're not judging your every word, looking for things to nitpick and they love you. And it's so true. And I worry too much what people think. (laughs) Um, but I really felt like that was me this year. The invitation is always open. It's never too late. It doesn't matter where you are in your life and wherever you are. I needed to be baptized. I did not know what I was doing the first time. But for you, you know, it might be something different. It might be something else you need to give up or someone you need to talk to. But go find Jesus. Like, don't let anything get in the way of that because I let things get in the way of me and Jesus for a very long time. And when I finally said, I don't care what people think, I'm just going to do what I know I have to do to get back with God, it was an amazing change. And I've changed a lot since camp, but that was a month ago. So um, another thing that Emily 
I heard that she wanted to share was that um, just the invitation is every day. And that is also very true for me as well. I have to remember that, you know, because you, you, I got baptized and it was like you're on fire and you're pumped and you're at camp and then you go home. And it wasn't so bad for me this year as a letdown. I really did kind of feel pumped a long time after. And even now I'm still kind of like, yes, I'm really on fire. I really want to do the right thing. But um, there are days that are really hard. And I just have to remember the invitation is every day. You know, you wake up in the morning and Jesus is still saying, follow me. Jesus is saying, follow me every minute of every day. And you have to accept the invitation every single time. You can't just accept it once and then you're good for the rest of your life. You have to keep going every single day. And that is the biggest lesson that I've learned this year. Um, probably the biggest lesson I've learned in my whole life. So um, anyway, that is what I had to share. Um, and thank you, Emily, for um, <laughs> the theme as well. Um, I'm Bryce Pickett. If you don't know me, welcome to the church. I've been here a while. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about um, what I have given up to follow the invitation. And a lot of people think, well, I have to give this up. I have to give this up. But it's not always something that you can immediately pick out as something that you want to give up. So I'm going to lay some things out. I can pick up a guitar, bass guitar, bass, cello, viola, percussion, trumpet, French horn, trombone, tuba, baritone, keyboard, and sing, and I will be a lot more proficient with those than I will if any random person picks it up. I made it through several gifted programs in school, and I graduated from one of the top high schools in the state that has also been labeled as one of the top high schools in the country. I was born 21 years ago into the church, into a family that has touched so many hearts that I have invitations all over the U.S. to come visit. And I, was, and I chose to accept the invitation five years ago, and I am a kingdom kid that has not left. When I got called to follow Jesus, I wasn't asked to give any of that up. What I was asked to give up was the pride that comes with being able to do all that and being able to claim all that. And I never thought that pride would be something that I'd have to fight to give up. And it's something that I'm still fighting to this day. Um, there are a few um, scriptures of people who have all kinds of um, reasons to be to have prideful to be prideful um, so please turn with me to Philippians 3 um, we'll be starting in verse 4 this is Paul talking verse 3 actually um For it is we who are, uh, different translation than I, again, so for. I, my, I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they, can, they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on law faultless. But whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. And when I first read that, it really struck me because I have all of these things that I can claim and all of that is worth nothing without God. Now, I regularly play instruments, as I was this morning, um, and help out with worship in all those kinds of ways. So I definitely have not given any of those things up. I've just turned their focus off of myself into worshiping God. And because I have such a widespread ability, I've turned to say... Put me where you need me, as opposed to, I'm going to do this. Um, we, another passage, and this is actually Jesus um, being tempted and tested. Please turn with me to Matthew 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus then answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and he will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdom of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Jesus had all this power, being the Son of God, being the incarnation of God on earth. And he still didn't use it. He chose to be a man and not use his powers. To not use... All of that. <laughs> um, we all have something that he's asked us to leave behind. It's always something that challenges us. For some, it may be, I need to leave behind this alcohol. Or I need to leave behind this eating addiction that I have. For me, it was pride. And... I'm still working on that, just like we are all so, still working on our own issues. We aren't perfect. We never will be. So we keep working at it.
we aren't perfect, but he still saved us. He still chose us to be our his children. He still chose to give his life for us. Now this is the time where we're going to go into communion. And I have one last verse to share. Um, to, and as we go into communion, please meditate on this verse. It is Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, in, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to use to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we come before you in this time of communion, please just um, be with us. And just, we, I pray that you help us all to just look inside of ourselves and to, like you, become a servant to let ourselves be humble, to show humility, to try to be one with you, and help us as we reflect on that, as we reflect on everything that everyone has said today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.